Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Dar, welcome to Sea Time, mateys. <laughs> Dar, Captain Woody. No, so... Uh, obviously, this is about as close as we're going to get to Halloween, um, so I figured I might as well do my best and try to dress up for you guys. Life is just crazy right now, um, so unfortunately, because of that, I've just got to do my best and have fun with it, and so I found my son's pirate hat from uh, Dress Up, and I said, hey, let's just run with that, and of course, uh, you know, there's there's pirate stuff all around my house, so I figured we could just go with it. So thank you very much for watching Seat Time. This is the, the, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. My name is Brian Pierce. I am your host for this show. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up. We're going to have Ryan Sipes on and then Alan O'Neill. We're going to talk with him a little bit about uh, a race he's got coming up in a couple weeks, actually in Oklahoma. So it should be cool for the Moto Guys, the UTV, UTV guys, and the Rock Crawlers. Going to be a lot of neat stuff to go on. So seat time. You can find out more about us at seattime.co. That is the website. Uh, that's where we go live from and we archive all the shows. Of course, we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All you have to do is look for seat time, uh, and you will find us there. This show brought to you by Fly Racing. Uh, flyracing.com. You can find out more about their great gear and other products that they offer. Uh, if you do look to purchase any of their gear, what you need to do, go to your local dealer and say, hey, Where's your fly racing stuff? I'd like to pick some of that up um, and then grab it from them. You can, of course, get from flyracing.com or some of the other online retailers. But your local your local dealer needs to support. That's who you should go check out. Of course, uh, Stillwell Performance at stillwellperformance.com. Tons and tons and tons of fantastic suspension jobs have been done. Of course, they work with the guys over at Beta as currently Cody Webb, who will be on KTM RPM next year, and uh, Max Gersten, who I haven't heard yet if he's re-signed with Beta, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But Kyle Redmond's going to have a good time. He is still a performance athlete. Um, They've been working on his suspension for a long time, so, of course, that's great stuff. Um, and the fine folks over at Fast Company, if they make the Flex Bars, Ryan Sipes, one of our guests this evening, runs Flex Bars, so it'll be great to hear about his transition and how much they helped his hands uh, stay from bleeding at quite a few uh, off-road nationals that he or the motocross nationals that he did this summer. Um, so Halloween's coming up. That's cool. I hope everybody has a safe, fun Halloween. Of course, I've got an eight-year-old, a two-year-old, and a seven-month-old. So as my microphone falls off, I'm just going to hold it like this. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting, so we're going to see how it goes with my kids, but I'm not going to be doing anything crazy, so everybody out there, just have fun. Be safe. If it sounds a little weird every now and then, there's actually a huge hole in the studio right over here, and that is because there was a leak above the studio last week that Steven and I found, and uh, we haven't had I, I ha- we I haven't had a chance to patch the drywall yet, but the plumbing's fixed at least, so that's a step in the right direction. Um, after that, uh, I don't know. There's all kinds of other shit going on, so... That's the house cleaning. This is seat time. Thank you very much for tuning in. For those of you who are wondering, yes, I'm having cider. We're back off of the training regimen, at least for a little bit, so Steve and I are drinking. Our first guest for the evening, Mr. Ryan Sipes. I look like an idiot holding my microphone, but I have to ask, Mr. Ryan Sipes, how is your evening going, kind sir? Oh, it's going good. I wish I'd get all this electronic junk to work, but uh, hey, we got audio, so that's the only thing that matters. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, it, it's even funnier because with like the technical difficulties, I mean, like literally, like I'm like, hey, check out my microphone. Boom! And the bitch just pops off on me, and I'm just stuck here holding it. And I, and I can say that this is probably the biggest uh, tube that I've ever had to hold in my hand. I know there are other, other parts of my body appendages that are not 
uh, this big around. So this is awkward for everybody. If those are those of you at home are wondering. So Mr. Ryan Sipes, you've gone through a lot of stuff this year. You started out racing your first full GNCC season, and then you, the, we go into the summer and you start racing some of the motocross nationals. And then you kind of get pulled in as a full and rider. You come back to the GNCCs, and now you're a new dad. Uh, I mean, it's it's been one hell of a year for you, hasn't it? Yeah, man, it's been a big year. Um, some tough times, but some really good times. Uh, like you said, the GNCC started out rough for me and, and stayed rough most of the season. A um, couple bright spots here and there, and this last race was good. And then the motocross was uh, kind of the same way, up and down a little bit, but it had some really good really good finishes and some good times and a lot of fun. And, and then, you know, uh, my baby boy was born about uh, 13 days ago, so – that that trumps it all that's the coolest thing i've ever experienced and uh just feel real blessed to have him here yeah uh it's it's interesting so my my eight-year-old daughter is my stepdaughter and she came into my life when i was about when she was about three years old not when i was three but she was three so i didn't really get a chance at that time obviously to really understand what it was like to find out for your wife to come in and be like holy shit i'm pregnant you know that was new and then the whole like going through nine months of labor with my wife or you know of uh, not labor of uh you know being pregnant with my wife and then the the labor of the actual child so now that i've got two out of the way that is such an amazing experience i mean like if i was a you know a very good if i was a good linguist if i was good with words i could have some you know poetry or shakespearean thing to say but it's just batshit crazy it changes everything and all the ways you think about life and uh, i'm so thankful for it so is, is this your second child or is this your third child <clears throat> this is my first um i'm actually it's exactly the same thing you just said uh my wife has a daughter, and I met her when she was three. And uh, so I got – I always said that was my break-in kid. You know, I, I got to learn the ropes a little bit without uh, going from full newborn. Um, but she's awesome. She's means the world to me, and, and she's like my own. And then uh, with this one, man, like you said, it's, you know, being there at his birth. And then, you know, it's – like I said, it's been not even two weeks, and he's – so much and hanging out with him he can't talk or do anything but he just look at you and it's like man nothing else matters in this world it's it's the strangest thing i mean those words i had so many people tell me you're gonna understand what i mean when you when i say this but you know and you're like okay cool whatever until it happens and then you're like oh my gosh like it you don't realize that your heart can melt in the ways that it does when you have kids and of course this is a dirt bike show so we'll we'll, we'll we don't need to be happy and sappy but well, first, congratulations. I mean, it's just awesome. I've had so much fun being a father. Um, you know, those three great kids. Hopefully, I don't screw them up too much. And uh, I know that you're going to enjoy it and have a ton of fun with uh, raising a couple more little dirt bikers for the world. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's cool, man. I'm I'm pumped. And yeah, like you said, you never knew you could love something so much. But uh, it's uh, it's cool. And I'm like I said, I just feel blessed. Yeah, well, dude. Um, so this past weekend, you got your best GNCC finish yet. You were at the Ironman, which you've you've got a little bit of experience there, even though it was completely different. I would imagine from the way it was this year or the back half of the year from the Nationals. So, what was it maybe about this past weekend? Like, how did things play out for you? What changed for you? What did you do right? Maybe what did you, what have you done wrong in the past that really brought about such a fantastic weekend for you? 
Man, I think there's a lot of different things. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing that – well, the main thing I think that helped is I got a good start. I started in third, and then and then the other thing was the moto track was the first thing we went on. And, I mean, you know, that's kind of my forte. So I was able to get into the lead pretty quickly. And, uh, and then from then on, like, that's the first time I've led a GNCC. And I felt good out there, man. I just kind of – it seemed like my pace, um, you know, for the whole race is kind of set in your first couple lap or okay. first lap really. And being starting out front rather than starting in ninth was a big difference. You know, I was able to set a better pace and then, you know, I battled back and forth with Charlie Mullins a couple of times and with a couple of crashes and was able to catch back up and, you know, still battle it out and, and kind of learn what that pace is. And then, I was able to carry the pace through the rest of the race rather than starting in ninth place, getting stuck in somebody else's pace and, uh, you know, just not having a good race, which is kind of what I've done all year. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was, that was the main thing I was able to, and that's what I wanted to do all year was, was really start with those guys and race with them for, you know, just as long as I could and kind of see what I could do because I know they're a lot better than me at, at what we're doing and i wanted to learn from them and just kind of get in that pace and you know the first time i was able to run up front with them i ended up doing pretty well so that's that's kind of uh, i guess that's what the difference was yeah um now having the the fact that you've done so much supercross and so much motocross we always hear the guys talk about getting the start being so important the start so important is this and this is coming from me wondering as a as a racer, but then me also wondering as kind of a, a bystander. D- does it seem like the start is maybe just as important for the GNCCs and for off this off road type of racing in the sense of what you were just talking about? Um, or, or, I don't or maybe think how it's does as it important. how does it relate? Yeah, I mean maybe if it is or isn't, but like how does it re- you know how does that start relate? I mean, because it, obviously being able up front. You being able to set your pace, we've heard Caleb Russell talk about that a few times on the show, that that's what he likes to do, regardless if he's going to go out there and try to set a barn burner of a pace or not. He's like, if I can get out front, he's like, I have the control. And I think that's something that, you know, being not as fast as you and not in that situation, that I have very little um, very little to, to go off of in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not as important because obviously passing 15 guys and passing 40 guys is a different deal, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, it is important, um, because like you said, well, that I found out this weekend and, you know, I'm telling people all the time, I'm, I'm still learning. I, I learned that this weekend, um, at the 13th round that, you know, you get up there and you're able to kind of set your own pace and set, um, kind of set the whole mood for the rest of the race, really. Like okay. once I was in that pace, I was just in that pace. And then and my pace for the rest of the race was competitive rather than, you know, like I said, starting in ninth and I feel like I'm riding my butt off and I can't catch nobody. I can't pass nobody. And, but starting out front, you know, it's, they were all right behind me. So it's not like I, you know, was way out front or whatever, but it was just like my pace was so much better um starting out front rather than trying to work my way to the front right yeah it's not it's not that you can't ride as fast as them for three hours it's just that when two and a half of those hours you're trying to pass people 
you know, and ride at 150% to catch up, that's when it's like, by the, by, by two and a half hours in, it's like, I got 50% left, bitches, that's it, I'm tired. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, well, it was just, uh, it's not even that, I mean, I think I rode, definitely rode better at this race than I have all year. Okay. And I think the, the, tra- the dirt suited me well, you know, riding on the moto track suited me well, which, it's only 40 seconds of the whole race, of the whole lap, you know, but, but, um, you know, all that stuff suited me well, but I think just the whole like atmosphere or whatever you want to call it, you know, being out front on the first lap was cool and, uh, it fired me up and I was, I wanted to stay up there. Awesome. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I can imagine. I mean, as I said, I'm a racer, but I'm not a your type of racer. I'm a much slower vet class kind of racer at this point in my life. Um, so w- was there any correlation from the fifth place, which before this past weekend was your best GNCC finish of the year, uh, at Mountain Ridge? Do you think there was any kind of, any similarities between the two events? Um, I think, um, I think that at Mountain Ridge, I, I started, I didn't start well, but I just kept going for it, you know, and I kept, um, just, I think the whole time I charged, you know, and I was just kind of, to be honest, I was kind of pissed off and some things happened at the beginning and I was just mad and I just kept it pinned and all the way to the end, I just pinned it and, uh, you know, and not not that I haven't tried to do that at the rest of the races, but right. I don't know whether it was being mad or whatever, but it just worked out. I've, I finished strong, and I felt good, and you know, everything was good. And then, um, you know, some of the other races, I mean, like this weekend, I crashed three times. That's good for me. Um, I, I hate to say it, but that's a good race for me, only crashing three times um because other races I've crashed six or eight times. And it, it's really hard to pick yourself back up and – go a hundred percent again when you just crash three times, you know, within a lap and a half. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it too. And I think just more experience under my belt is, is helping me and which everybody told me, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't want to believe them that it would take me forever to figure this out, you know, but, uh, I think just more experience is helping me out with it. Very cool. Yeah. We've seen, uh, a couple, you know, Daniel Daniel Milner's come over a couple times, and he's going to be over here full time next year. Alex Salvini. Uh, so we've seen a couple guys come over um, towards the end of the year um, in the GNCCs this year and in the past. It, it, I think it's interesting how they they can they can their races don't go as good I think as some people would have expected. Um, it's been a long time since guys like Yuha Salomon and uh, and David Knight were able to come over and kind of dominate, but they also took a while to kind of get into the to race. Well, Yuha just totally decided to change up the way that we race GNCC, so that was different. But I'm glad that you are starting to kind of catch on to it because it's going to be cool to see how you kind of change how things change. You know, once we have another front runner, which I think you can be. Um, what about the turnout this past weekend? It seemed insane. I think they said they had over two thousand riders and like twelve thousand people through the gate. I mean, that seems like a that, that seems like numbers for an outdoor national, doesn't it? Not the, not the racer count. <laughs> it's bigger. Yeah, it's uh, as far as the people through the gate. That's bigger than most than probably eighty percent of outdoor nationals. That's more people paid visitor, you know, paid fans or whatever, but which is cool. That play, that race is huge. It's just, it's kind of a cultural just, you know, to do in, in Indiana is to go to the Ironman. Right. Okay. Um, you go to anybody in town, you know, you stop 
in town anywhere and they're like, oh, you're heading for Iron Man. Yeah, we're heading over tomorrow. You know, it's just kind of that's what you do when you're in Indiana. When you live in Indiana, you go to Iron Man, um, which I hope that that it turns out that way for the, the pro national too, uh, the motocross. Right. Cause I think it's, it's just good for the sport. I think it's good for everything. The more fans we can get in the gates and watching the races, you know, the better living that racers can make, which is, you know, something everybody wants. Um, but yeah, there was a ton of dudes. I think there's 870 in the morning race, Oof. um, uh, on morning bike race. And, you know, we walked the track during the atv race on saturday and it was you know it was a little bit rough it wasn't too rough and it wasn't very rutted out um and then 870 bikes raced on it that morning and we got out there and it was it started out you know way rougher than than what we had walked and by the last lap by the sixth lap of our race it was the roughest race of the year the track the track was gnarly the the course the ruts and just Breaking bumps and whooped out, and I got everything. I mean, it was it was pretty bad by the end of it. Hmm. And uh, now you you got to ride it a little bit earlier in the year, but how was the the national track? I mean, how is how have those changes really kind of made that property? I mean, I would assume that much better, and that was probably a big draw because a lot of the people that wanted to go out to the outdoor national that, that got rained, you know, not rained out, they had the race, but it was, you know, turnout was low. Um, how how have those changes to the property been? Do you think for GNCC? Oh, I think it's cool. I mean, that's a that's a full-blown facility now i mean they have the the national and the gncc i think that's huge and it's you know two big parties for the for the little town of crawfordsville and probably a lot of income for the town and uh i think just everything they've done out there their national track is a beauty i mean that's probably the best one on the circuit and then uh you know the gncc that's the oh you got to love that. Well, we'll get him called back here in a second. Of course, we had to go ahead and lose him. So as we do that, I'll talk about our fine folks over at Fly Racing. So for those of you who don't know, flyracing.com, the website, you can go check it out. Of course, we do have or they have all of their 2015 gear that you can get lined up, ready to go for you um, on their website at the local dealers. Um, and that way you can look fly and feel fly with all your fly racing gear. Of course, if you're looking here on the sides, we've got some of their casual wear as well for the hoodie and, of course, for uh, their long sleeve T-shirt. So definitely check out Fly Racing. So uh, did you make it back, Ryan? Yeah, I'm here. I didn't know you, I didn't know you left. Yeah, there you go. You're gone, buddy. So... I was going to move on straight to asking you about some of the Nationals, but instead of the Nationals, we had a couple people in the chat room asking about the ISDE and it, why you weren't there you know, and what your thoughts were and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, quick assumption is that you weren't at the IS, you're not at the ISDE because probably you had you know, a kid lined up. I, I don't know if that's the case. Were you asked back? How, how did that all go down? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um they wanted me to go this year, and uh, but my baby's due date was on the 25th, and we had to leave the 27th. So if if he would have fell on his due date, it would have been he's born the next day I race Ironman, the next day I leave for Argentina for two weeks. Yeah, and that's like so if it all said, worked out that way. <laughs> I, yeah, I said I better not. I better sit this one out. So it ended up. You know, 
uh, 10 days early. So, you know, I maybe could have gone, but hey, I'm not mad. I'm here hanging out with him, so I'm good with it. And uh, I just told him, don't forget about me. I want to go next year because that was kind of I, – I was better at that than I am GNCC. That's kind of more, more my flavor of, uh, you know, ISDE is like sprints, mm-hmm. basically. That's what you're – that's what you're um, scored on is your sprint speed, and that's what I'm better at. Yeah. Um, speaking of sprint speed, I'm surprised you weren't at the the sprint enduro that Jason Hooper put on a, a couple of weeks ago there at the Big Brook property. Um, was that something that you wanted to attend and just couldn't make out, or? Yeah, dude. Um, I talked to him about it down at I don't know one of the races. Maybe it was at Big Buck, and uh, he was talking about it. And he asked me my opinion. I said I think it's awesome. You know, I want to do it, and then I never heard anything else about it until I saw results. So, oh. uh, yeah, hey, whatever. Yep. I, I talked to him this week. And I was I was giving him some crap about it, and he said, "Dude, I, you know, whatever." And I said, "Just let me know next year. I'll be there." Awesome. Well, that's cool. Yeah, um, we've heard a lot of positive feedback. So the the guys up at J Day Off Road, they had a sprint enduro. Um, of course, Jason Hooper had the full gas sprint enduro. So so. It's not and again. It's, it's not like these are the first sprint enduros in the nation. It's just that we're starting to see them put on by promoters that are getting more coverage. You know, you're seeing this stuff in cycle news now. So with that, I mean, we're going to see more events like that happen in situations where there may be a chance for a little bit more purse money. So guys like yourself, you know, it's going to be worth it for you guys to travel to those events. So I think we're going to start seeing a couple more events like that next year, and that could be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. It does look like a very very fun event definitely different from what most people are used to but i think the fun to be had is much higher than some of the grueling three-hour events yeah and i think better for um probably better for fans too um i mean i like gncc but it's not a fan-friendly sport so uh you know i think those sprint enduros are probably a little bit more fan-friendly and you know hopefully they turn into something big i i think Riding dirt bikes is so cool. I mean, there should be a, a ton of different ways to do it and a ton of different ways that people can enjoy watching you. Right. You know? Absolutely. That's cool. Um, so thoughts on the ISDE team this year, though. They're in Argentina. We've seen pictures already of, like, extremely rocky tests. We've seen uh, extremely, I mean, just complete sand, like sand dune types tests. Um, what are your thoughts on how the guys are going to do? Um, man, I think there's, um, I think that they're going to do well. I, I really believe that they will. I think Taylor Robert is going to be probably, I mean, he was the man last year, but he's going to be even more the man this year and that kind of stuff. And I think Mike Brown will be really good at it. Um, you know, Zach, he can ride whatever, I think. Um, he's just like all the other dudes. I think he can ride it all. Caleb's going to be really good. Um, Thad, who's who's the last guy? Uh, Charlie Mullins. Did you mention him, Charlie? Oh yeah, Charlie. Yeah, and Charlie's always good over there. So, I think they're gonna do good. I'm pulling for them. I hope they can pull it off. You know, and pull off the win. Um, I think that this one should be a good chance for us to win because I think everybody had to travel for this one. You know, normally it's in Europe. And most guys can go there and train and, and whatever, you know, get used to them. They don't have the, the jet lag and all the travel stuff, but now everybody had to travel to Argentina, really. So I That's think it's, it's a, a hell of a good point. Even playing for, 
That's a really good point. Of all the stuff that I've tried to come up with with ways that could be it, that's actually a really, really good point and something I didn't think of. And that's probably because of the fact that I don't travel a lot, you know, in, in the sense of like going to races and everything. So I don't think about the fact that it's like, you know, I don't get jet lagged. I don't worry about what I have to eat, like all that kinds of stuff. But when every single racer has to worry about that and think about that, it really would or has the ability to level out the playing field. That's awesome. Um, I think you're right about Taylor Robert. We've had him on the show and we've talked with him behind the scenes and stuff. He, he's got some gumption right now and you could tell that he, he doesn't just want to win this thing. He wants the overall, he wants to be the top rider. So it's going to be really cool to see how he does in that E3 class on that 500 beast of a KTM that he's riding. Yeah, I think he's going to kill it. He's, uh, one of the most talented riders I know. I've ridden a lot with him, practiced a lot and play road with him and, um, He's just a competitive dude. He works super hard, and I think he's going to kill it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so I kind of, before we let you go, I did have a question. And Caleb Russell, two-time, two-in-a-row GNCC champion, fantastic job, dude. Like you said, dude killed it, if you will. Um, but I, I kind of I have a wonder. So motocross and supercross nowadays, obviously completely dominated by four strokes. Um, a few times we've seen guys come out there on two strokes, um, and you know either they don't qualify or it's just they, they literally have zero chance to win. So my question for you is, is, as a professional racer, having been involved in this sport and having ridden two strokes and evolved and moved into the four-stroke era, how is it that he was able to overall a GNCC event on – a 150cc two-stroke, not even a 250cc or a 300, but a 150. Um, it, it, if you could break it down for us, I'm, I'm not. I'm not skeptical. Obviously, he kicked ass at it, but I want you to kind of really help us break it down so that we can kind of know what it takes to be able to ride that hard and that badass. Are you just trying to make me feel bad? No, I, I mean, mean, is that why you went so much detail by his bike? I mean, honestly, I wasn't, but now that I now that I say it, now that we talk about it, it does sound like I was giving you a lot of shit. <laughs> I apologize uh, for no, being I mean, such a poor host. Like I said he's an unbelievable rider. He's um, he's kind of just a, a step above all the rest of us right now. I. I think, uh, you know, him doing it on 150s is amazing. I think it's, it's awesome that he was able to, to do that. And because I, I battled with him for a lap, about a lap there. And, you know, in the fields, I would just eat his lunch. I mean, I run away from him, but then we get to the woods and, and he was on it. He was going fast. And I know the, some pretty big hills out there. I'd say that 150 was pretty tough going up the hill. Definitely at a disadvantage in spots. Um, and I know he's, I talked to him after and he said, it, you know, it was, it was a tough race cause he had to work hard to make that thing go fast. Um, at the same time, you know, like I said, he's just awesome. I think if I got on a 150, I wouldn't do better, you know, right. So it's like, <laughs> he's, just, he's just that much, that good of a rider. And, and, um, that's why he was able to do it. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny because at the beginning of the year when we had like the GNCC pre-show, like the pre uh, for the year, uh, we were talking about how I was like, I didn't think he'd be able to do it. Charlie Mullins is too good. We had too many good riders. And obviously about three races in, I was like, you know what? I'm an idiot. Obviously he's going to be able to do it. It can happen. 
And, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go on the 150, but having already made the mistake of questioning Caleb Russell, I was like, I'm not going to question it. I was like, if anybody's going to be able to do it right now, it is going to be Caleb Russell. Um, and he totally did it. And he even said, I remember seeing him post about it, thanks to everybody who said I couldn't do it because it was your motivation that got me out there to make sure I could do it. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I get upset when people say I can't do something, but I don't know how I could use that as like an internal fire as much as it seems he does. Well, I, I use that as uh, as dr- motivation all the time, you know, when people think I can't do it, but I wouldn't publicly say that. <laughs> I thought that was a little, eh, that was a little bit cocky there, bro. But, hey, whatever. We're good buddies, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have called out my fans like that. But, yeah. hey, whatever. And that's the one thing I do like about Caleb Russell, though, is he, whatever he feels, he's okay saying it. Because I think – He's the kind of guy that it's like if he says something wrong, he's going to be the, is also the first person to admit it. Um, in, in this, you know, like so, uh, it, it's interesting. But yeah, it, it, I was kind of like, oh man, he he totally went there. But hey, it happens. So, um, 2015. Before we let you go, 2015. What are the plans? Are there plans? Yeah, I'll be doing GNCC again. Sweet. Um, there. There'll be on with my own team again, same as I did this year, my own effort. Um, and some of the there'll be some changes in my program. Some of it'll be the same, some of it'll be different. Um, but definitely gonna be, we're gonna, you know, if I did it at 100% this year, I'm gonna do it at 110 next year. As far as just the way I prepare and the, the people behind me, the support I'm gonna get, it's gonna be better. Um, you know, I should have a better setup. Uh, and a year of experience is going to – I feel like it, it should help me. If it doesn't, I'll be mad. <laughs> if, if I do the same next year, I'll be mad. So uh, just hoping to – you know, looking forward to working hard and, and coming in next year with a little bit of experience behind me. And I want to win. Um, I, I don't want to get, you know, third or ninth or whatever. I want to win. So that's my goal, and I'm, that's what I'm going for. I think, I think it will be neat – not neat. It'll be cool if you can get out there and win for multiple reasons. One of the biggest reasons that I'd like to see you win is I want people to come to you and ask the questions that make you give them the answers about how hard it is to win at off-road racing. Um, because we <laughs> it, we all know it's it, everybody has their own discipline, you know. But guys like Caleb Russell, I honestly think that if he gave six months training to racing motocross or supercross, that he could be competitive. You know, and it's like you're giving them the right amount of time and you're going to be competitive. And so I just, I, I, I don't think people ask those, those right kind of questions right now to really get the industry, or I guess you should say people that pay attention to the industry to realize how tough it can be to compete on a professional level in off road. So that's what would be really neat. Um, that, and I would be able to congratulate you on seat time for kicking ass and winning. So that's another reason. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at it in both. Both disciplines are are really hard to to be really good at. Um, I think you know a lot of it comes down to experience. It, you know, Caleb's tried to qualify for some nationals and and he didn't. Right. Um, and then you know I come in from a motocross background and I try to go out and race GNCC and I don't do that well. So it's you know it it all comes to experience. Like you said, you give him, I'd say give him more of a year, maybe two, and then he could be up there. You know, um, give me a year or two, and hopefully I'm up there in GNCC. So they're just two totally different things, more different than I ever thought they would be. Um, 
<clears throat> and, uh, you know, you learn the ropes and kind of learn all the little ins and outs. And I did it for 11 years pro and moto, so I know the ins and outs of it. I don't know anything about GNCC, and it would be the same if, you know, Caleb tried to go race moto. He would have to learn. He'd yep. have to learn that intensity and learn how to race with 40 guys and learn, you know, it's it's a, just a totally different deal. Yep, I can tell you now I couldn't do it. I would be – I would – I would have to have the the darkest pair of pants on because I would shit myself on the start. Like, it would be (laughs) so intense. I don't even know how to handle it. Well, all right, dude. Well, we don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you've been up for – it's an hour later where you're at. You've already been on one radio show. You're on seat time, and obviously technical difficulties get in the way for some strange reason every single time with this show. I have no idea what the deal is. Karma or something. Maybe people need to pay us more money. That's what it is, Stephen. That's what it is. It's not the case at all. We love our sponsors. They're fantastic people. So thank you very much. Uh, any any last words that you have for us before we let you go enjoy more time with your son? Oh, no, I just want to thank everybody that helped me out this year, um, that kind of believed in me and, you know, felt like taking a flyer on a guy that, that, uh, that I had no experience in GNCC at all. And, but a lot of my sponsors were just awesome and stuck behind me and, um, I just I got to thank uh, Rockstar, um, WMR Performance in Florida, um, MSR, KTM, Dragon, Aero Helmets. Uh, sorry, I'm getting my list out right here. Um, Go for FMF, it. FMF, um, Liat Brace, Spider Graphics, Nihilo Concepts. Um, let's see, Air Group. Steve Hatch Racing, DT1, FPS Racing, Super B, Galfer, Flex Bars. I know they're a sponsor of yours. Yeah. Uh, Spectro, Odie Grip, Cycra, W, ARC, XL, Sunstar, uh, Gut Seats, TM Design Works, Hammerhead, uh, Garnet, anybody I forgot. You guys are awesome. Look forward to working with you next year, maybe. And, uh, just, um, Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, man. Well, we really appreciate the time. Um, you've always been a great guest when we've had you on, so we really, really appreciate your efforts towards helping us uh, get, get more information out there about you guys in the off-road scene. And again, always enjoying a pint full of awesome because that's what we do here on Seed Time. So thank you very much, sir. And uh, I can't wait to hear what your 2015 looks like so we can have you on again and chat about it. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Have fun with the baby. All right. See you. Later. Awesome. So apparently we're still getting joined in the chat room and the show live by uh, friends. I just wanted to say big thanks um, to my buddy Dustin uh, Malakote, though. He just got – he's having a bad day, unfortunately, and somebody else said he saw that. My condolences. So whatever it is, we're really, really sorry that you've uh, obviously been through some tough times, buddy, but we're glad that you got some flex bars. Um, We saw that you picked those up. We want to hear about how that went for you. Um, so thank you very much. As we were talking about, they are a huge sponsor of ours. Um, if you don't know about Fast Company, go to fastco.com. You can find out more about their flex bars. Um, a lot of people think, oh, flex bars are for old people. The reason why I love them, honestly, is that those times where now that I have a family and I'm out there a little bit, I'm not riding every single weekend or I'm out doing stuff with my hands all the time, it makes it a lot easier to get out there because it's, it helps with the vibration Sorry about so that. much with uh, everything that's going on out there. So 
Please go check out the guys over at Fast Company. Check out their flex bars. And what's going to be able to happen there is you're going to be able to ride harder, ride longer, and more enjoy it more. So what's going to happen is, is your wife's going to even like it more because of the fact that all of those all those same reasons. Yes. Meow. So yeah. All right. So, oh, Stephen, how are we looking? Alan, are you there? I'm here, man. What's going on? Oh, what's up, dude? Well, we don't have your video this time. We had it earlier. Is everything okay on your end? Did you did you uh, take your clothes off and decide not to show us what's going on in the back scenes? Oh, I'd show you anyway. It ain't that big of a deal. Nice. <laughs> I think I pressed the wrong button, honestly. Okay, well, there's a there's a button somewhere if when I'm talking or you're talking or whatever, if you want to try to find it. If not, that's okay, too. We... Recluses are for old people. What a bunch Tell of jerks. Oh, I see your face now. It's just as beautiful as I remember. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Alan O'Neill is putting on a race in Oklahoma in the next couple weeks. And what's going to be happening here is Buzz to the Red Dog. So this is a two-day event. It actually happens in two different parks. Um, and they're adding a moto element to the event this year. So what I'm going to have Alan do, just so I don't go ahead and try to make too much of an ass out of myself and try to remember everything, give us a little bit of a synopsis of what you guys did last year and then how you're stepping it up again this year to make it even better and then what you've and why you've decided to add the moto class. Uh, yeah, basically what this is is it's a two-day off-road race. It's the only one in the Midwest that happens. Uh, we started out uh, last year. We started out at in uh, Sayre, Oklahoma, at Buzzard Canyon Off-Road Park, uh, just right south of I-40 um, to the, on the western side of Oklahoma. And uh, we started out there. We ran a two-hour race with all classes, which we last year we included uh, a stock, a stock mod. Um, an unlimited, unlimited would be considered somebody that races uh, King of the Hammers. If you've ever heard of that, oh yeah, uh, put on, on by Ultra Four. Um, what we do is, is, and then we also have a UTV class. They race two hours at that park, and then everybody packs up and leaves, and goes to the next park, which is about forty-five minutes to an hour south of there in Altus, Oklahoma. It's uh, called Copper Mines Off Road Park. And then the next morning, we get up and we race two more hours for each class again so a full day of racing for each day at both parks and um basically the the combined winner with the shortest time wins um we had uh, 41 racers last year um all of them combined and we had a lot of uh, people asking do you offer a moto class and uh we didn't offer a moto class last year but uh, this year we're offering it kind of to step it up um, Saturday in Sayre, we will have, this year, we'll have a uh, full band. Um, we'll also have a hill killing competition. I don't know if you've seen some of the rock mountain stuff that you'll see on YouTube. Did you, did you just say uh, hill killing or hill climbing? What was that? Did you say hill killing competition? Oh, no, yeah, hill killing, rock bouncing. It's Holy shit. Three different things. Uh, Sounds awesome. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google that shit when this is we'll over. Have, uh, <laughs> yeah, come on out. Um, we'll have uh, one of the guys that races in SRS and ARC is Mike Odom. He'll race with it. We're trying to get old Kenny, Fo Kenny Forbes out there. Um, he'll come out. We'll do a hill killing competition. Come back to uh, do an award ceremony on Saturday. Live band, uh, BYOB, have a good time. Basically, a uh, uh, end of the season last bash, and it, uh, it should be a great time. Not to mention a full full two days of racing. 
Man, a two full days of racing is what I am talking about. I am. I really enjoy those kind of events. It makes it tough sometimes because of traveling, but you get so much more for your money when you're getting a chance to do that. And it sounds like so. What we're talking about here for the Moto guys um, is going to be a seven to nine race on Saturday and on Sunday at the two separate parks. Now, kind of explain to me how the event is going to work for the Moto guys. Uh, and maybe it works this way for all of the events. Is it a wave a flag and race a course at, that's essentially a loop that you just go for two hours and then raise a checkered? Uh, how, how does the event actually work um, for the Moto guys? Yeah, the Moto guys and with every other class, it's exactly the same, um, just different times throughout the day. Uh, at 6.30 in the morning, you guys will all, all the Moto guys will, um, will take off on a green flag at 7 a.m. Um, and 30 second, depending on the, uh, the entries that we have, we're planning on doing 30 second increments one at a time, maybe two. Uh, just all depends on how many people we've got, uh, entered. Um, we'll do a, uh, increments and then we'll race for two hours straight. Uh, you'll get a, for 10 minutes, um, at the two hour or the one hour mark, you'll get a halfway flag. They'll give you an idea of whenever you, you know how far you do it. It's a seven mile course. Um, so you'll run, You'll you'll run that you'll run that lap time as many laps as you can get. Um, last year, I believe we had an average time with the UTVs uh, about ten to eleven laps in two hours on a seven mile course. Okay. Um, top speed on the unlimited guys were oh top speed on the unlimited guys. I believe one guy hit a hundred and eleven mile an hour. Holy shit! That's fast. Okay. So, so yeah, not. Go ahead. At the two-hour mark, you'll get a checkered flag, and then um, and the course is closed after 20 minutes after that checkered flag goes. Okay. So however many laps you complete is um, plus your time is how you're counted for that day. You combine both, and the shortest, the short, the the smallest amount of time or the shortest time both of those combined days wins the race. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, how does one, say like King of the Motos, we use that as a reference, or the King of the Hammers is what you said, but as well associated with that is the moto event called King of the Motos. Now, that is what we're call, like, what's kind of become called a hard enduro. Um, now, is this event a hard enduro? Is it more of a cross-country style, you know, fast and less technical? What, what, what would a moto guy expect uh, or an off-road racer expect coming to this event when they get on the tr- on the trail. Now I have seen some of the stuff that uh, let's say uh, Oklahoma Cross Country Racing Association puts on Okra, and it's similar to that but with less trees, and there's probably some bigger rocks involved, uh, rock climbs involved than what you'll see at Okra or GNCC. Um, trying to compare it to King of the Motos is really hard to do because. Uh, that's a 160-mile race, I believe, through the California desert. Right. It's not going to be near that hard, but um, it, it'll be a test of your endurance for two straight hours. Right. Okay, so more of, the, yeah, more of the endurance, probably some higher speeds and less technical aspects than what people would see from King of the Motos, but more traditional than what we would see in some of the, the kind of the off-road, cross-country events that are going on. So, okay, cool. I can, I can, I can deal with that. Yes. I think most of, our, uh, most of our viewers and listeners could probably uh, wrap their heads at around that as well. Now, 
I think one of the big questions a lot of people talk about and wonder is, 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 is money. You know, some people like to travel regardless. I'm one of those people. If I've got the money in the bank and we can make it, we'll go. You know, I don't need to make money because typically I don't win, so I know I'm not going to. But, you know, maybe some of that is, that is on some people's list. How is, do you guys have a payout? And if you do, how does that kind of work out for y'all? Well, we basically kept it simple. We use the KISS method. Uh, each and every entry fee um, is $220 for every class, um, all the way from Moto, UTV, Stock, Stock Mod, and Unlimited. They all have the same class of $220 entry fee. Uh, 20 of that, $20 of that goes to an administration fee um, to where we can make sure we get everything taken care of with that. I kind of I ate that last year, so I'm going to make sure I didn't eat it this year. Right. Um, and, um, and then we're going to do an 80% payback. And then the other cool thing is the, the, the other 20% goes back to the landowners to make sure that we can still have these parks to wheel on uh, for all our kids to wheel on and everybody else. Uh, it's it's a one way to give back to that park that allowed us to race on it. Okay, no, that's super cool. Um, yeah, typically, you know, you kind of see a lot of private establishments uh, that that are like, say, like TCCRA or Toro. A lot of the the parks that we're on or places that we're on are private establishments, and you know, the landowners making money. So, are these uh, private private establishments that people have parks on that people can come and pay to ride, or are they like more state parks that are? How are these run? You know, kind of. These uh, these parks that you're riding yeah. at. Yeah, these are actually two privately owned parks. Um, you, uh, Raymond and Cheryl Moody own the Copper Mines in Altus, Oklahoma. And like it, to explain the course, it's um, it's uh, it's 450 acres of uh, washes and um, and big hill hill climbs and straight. New messages lungs. received so, from Todd Wooden. Apparently, I didn't do that. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> It'd be even better if, like, it but, came. Uh, it was like some sexy voicemail, and it was like, "Hey, Alan, don't forget to bring the lube." <laughs> it could get weird. No, but um, <laughs> it's 450 acres, and it'll zigzag around the whole course. <laughs> Trying to get back to the point here. <laughs> um, I understand. And then uh, that's owned by Raymond and Cheryl Moody, and um, and then the uh, the Buzzard Canyon, where we're having the race on Saturday. Um, that's uh, privately owned by a farmer, and he actually allows us to lease it um, for this race and for also open wheel days. Um, both parks are open on select dates throughout the year just for you to come out and wheel with your side-by-side or your motorcycle or your Jeep or your Bronco. Okay, cool. Um, there's actually there's an OHV park. I think it's called Endeavor. Is that right, Stephen, the one that's over there in Bridgeport, the one that Mark Cook runs some of the Toro races at? Okay. Uh, well, do you do, would you say that you kind of under like know the terrain and then how rocky it is or isn't or anything like that? Okay. How would how would these places how would these places compare to in a, a place like the OHV park there at Bridgeport? The, they're very very similar. I've been out to the OHV park. Uh, one of the uh, I also do video promotions um, on the off road side, uh, unlimited race car side, and I've been out to that park many a time and walked that track numerous times. They're very, very similar. Uh, the plus side of the copper mines is there's actually a motocross track that the big cars get on, the UTVs get on, and get about 10, 15 feet of air sometimes high and 30 feet long. So it's uh, it's it's that's the plus side of the copper mines. The plus side of the Buzzard Canyon, similarity to Northwest uh, or OHV Park, which is what you're speaking of, 
Um, the the coolest thing about Buzzard Canyon is it's just in the middle of nowhere, and then right in the middle of the park is a huge mountain range. So you'll go high-speed section 90 to 100 mile an hour, and then you'll jump into this mountain range and run switchbacks for uh, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and then jump back onto a high-speed section and come back to the start-finish line. So uh, the, the variance is, is different than the Northwest OHV Park, which what you're talking about in Bridgeport. Right. But uh, there's right. some cool, unique things about both parks that neither one of them have. Interesting. Well, that, and that's kind of cool, too, the fact that it's, you know, what you're doing, how you're changing the event location so that you, you're not doing the same, the exact same terrain, exact same track over and over again two days in a row. You're actually uh, changing the locations. What's the, 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 the takedown, you know, is there, since you're kind of changing location, I was just thinking about this, is there a, a way that somebody could prepare to have to kind of pick up camp and move and then recamp all over again strategically? Uh, you know, there's. Um, I saw a couple guys do it differently last year. A um, couple of the teams had a uh, basically a chase truck with a trailer, so they parked at the uh, at the Saturday venue, and then they trailered their uh, their race car and their vehicle up to the first venue with tools and spare tires and everything. Raced the race, then jumped back in and loaded everything up and came back and fixed whatever they broke from the first day, so they'd be ready for the second day. Now, <laughs> the other thing is, I saw. I mean, there were some big money guys out there. Um, one of the guys that uh, I think he got uh, fourth or fifth place at King of the Hammers last this this year, this just February. He raced Buzz the Red Dog last year, and he's got a full eighteen wheeler um, toter stacker motorhome, everything you could ever ask for. And he unpacked and packed everything at both race courses. Uh, I think so, that's I, crazy. Two different ones. And my second, my first question for him is: Do you think he's hiring? <laughs> you know what? He did just post on Facebook about a month ago. He was hiring a mechanical engineer for his uh, his company called Saturn Machine. Man, if I was only a mechanical <laughs> engineer and not a bum. That would, that would make you and so you and me easy. both, <laughs> right? I'm sure. I'm sure being a mechanical engineer for uh, a millionaire has got to be awesome. You know, you you got to be able to make you know at least a dollar a year. Um, yeah. Chat room was wanting to know about uh, information. So what? Where's what's the website? Where can we find more about Buzz the Red Dog? Um, well, you can go for all information. Uh, you can go to seeyouonthetrail.com. And that's you just spell it out with no no spaces, no nothing. Just spell it out. See you on the trail.com. And uh, there's a tab on the bottom left that'll actually let you go to Buzz the Red Dog. It'll give you information on sponsorship. It'll give you information on uh, the races, the schedule, the rules, the regulations. Um, I didn't put anything on um, on there about uh, Moto Tech Inspection because this is so new to me. Um, we do expect you guys to have all of your safety equipment. I mean, chest protectors, helmets, boots, pants, uh, shirt, everything that you would do in a normal race. Um, but uh, and we we will if it if some of it seems shady, we will uh, give you the option to either um, fix it or you you can't race. It's just for a safety aspect of the race. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's more really about like say like safety equipment for the racer. Um, Bike-wise, I mean, obviously, if it looks like it's falling apart, you would say something. But other than, I mean, because 
for and this will be a question in a little bit actually we could talk about is like requirements for vehicles in the cars so like maybe for tech inspection for bicycles or for bikes you're not going to have a a tech inspection where it's like okay you need to have this 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 and this and all bolts look legitimate and stuff like we keep a pretty lax uh, rule book um and as of right now and we may change this as entry fees come in or, or not not fees but entries to the race come in uh, we may put you guys in classes on the motos if we've got a whole bunch of 500s and not too many 250s or or vice versa. Um, but as of right now, as long as you got your safety equipment, come and race with us. We we really don't care. Um, UTVs. Uh, I know your producer said that he was interested in it. Um, UTVs. As long as you add two fire extinguishers accessible to the driver and the passenger and somebody from the outside, you can race. You don't have to have the five-point helmets, or I'm sorry, the five-point harnesses. You need to have a helmet also. But uh, a stock vehicle, a stock 1000 that comes off the showroom floor, you add a couple fire extinguishers and a helmet, and you're ready to race. Awesome. It, I think that that is a huge um, – and I don't want to use the word deterrent because I understand the concerns there with a lot of uh, liabilities and stuff like that. But that is a huge issue that we've come across because Stevens wanted to go to more of these events. You know, we went to Big Buck and we did the whole KR4 arrive and ride performance and did the UTV stuff. And, um, you know, there, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of checkoffs that you have to go through on your vehicle to make sure that you can race that event. And that sucks sometimes because, I mean, you're already spending, what, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 on these UTVs, you know, to spend another four grand just to go race and then entry fees and travel and gas you're like uh twenty thousand dollars later you get to finally ride so. yeah exactly that's that's one reason uh the the race was developed originally uh i i planned it around the baja 1000 and also sema um so we could get some of the smaller guys that aren't big name sponsored out there to race and to make a little bit more money for their rebuild in the off season um, and, and we wanted to keep the safety aspects uh, relaxed, also to bring to bring new people into the into the sport. Um, of course, if this continues to grow as it has so far, we're we're definitely going to have to make more um, more safety regulations and, and stuff like that. But as of right now, we run a real loose rule book, so um, it just, it's 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 just a good fun race with a lot of camaraderie amongst the racers and. Uh, it's a place to enjoy the last part of the season. And then a chance to enjoy some good beers around, hopefully a campfire, since it's private property. Oh, yeah. It's, they, uh, it's, it, it'll be a BYOB, but they will have a live band there. And uh, last year we had uh, Mike McClure band there. I don't know if you've heard of Mike McClure, big red dirt singer. Oh, yeah. Um, Steven's over Mike here shaking there. his beard. He's like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> we had a burnout competition in the bar and grill there at Copper Mines. It was just a great, fun party last year, and we're hoping for something as big or bigger uh, after the race this year. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a hell of a good time. Steven, I know that you had a lot of questions on your mind. Did I miss anything pertinent that you still had questions about? Okay. That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you, you could probably get little, you know, the the two or three fire extinguishers that you need. You could probably grab those at a Walmart, right? I mean, that would be in this and find a way to mount them. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get crazy. I believe it's a, um, I believe it's a two point five two point five pound uh, uh, fire extinguisher that you need, and um, you're good to go. I mean, and there's, I mean, 
honestly, you, if you have to, if we have to strap it on with duct tape and, and bailing wire, we'll make sure it gets on there for you. Yeah, that, that's how my grips stay on too. It's yeah. the weirdest thing, but it works. So hey, I roll with it, man. It's a good time. Well, cool, well, Alan. We really appreciate you uh, one reaching out to us and 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 letting us know that this event was happening. Um, we're not just moto heads in the sense of dirt bikes. You know, we really do enjoy a lot of the different that uh, off roading in general has to offer. And uh, I I look forward to attending more events like this in the future. I know, unfortunately, that I've already got uh, a mountain bike race that I'm going to be attending in um, outside of Austin. But I know Stephen is very very interested, and uh, I, I would be there if I had the chance. But uh, yeah, so any any last kind of information for us that can. Um, what about one day entry since it's a two day event? <laughs> Uh, no, that's not that. I mean, you're welcome to only race one day, which which sometimes will happen. I mean, sometimes you can't get your car together for the next day. Um, but yeah, it's it's you pay your same entry fee for both days. So if you just want to race one day, feel free, come on out. But then you won't be in contingency for the money. Right. Okay. No, that makes sense. Which which I didn't. I don't think I I don't think I actually uh, last year we were able to pay out almost thirteen thousand dollars to all the racers. Um, we had 41 competitors last year, uh, $13,000. We had over a thousand spectators there. So uh, if you're looking to get your name out, this is a this is a really prime spot to do it, and it's right in the middle of the United States. Nice. We got guys talking about trying to trying to figure out how to bail from work for two days, and I was like, dude, it sucks that you're already getting sick. I mean, I'm I, I feel bad for you. Bad for you. I, I did. I did hear you mention, and I forgot to correct you on it. The race is Friday and Saturday, oh, that's not right. Saturday and Sunday. Right, that's right. correct. Yeah. So, what, what's yeah. a decision like that? Why is that the case? Why would you do a Friday and Saturday and not a Saturday Sunday? Um, with the um, with the crowd that I was originally uh, drawing from, um, they like to travel home on Sunday and okay. get everything cleaned up and done before they go to work on Monday. So that's why we decided to do it a Friday and Saturday instead of a Saturday Sunday. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, that would make a lot of sense in a lot of different areas. I just think uh, for some strange reason the moto guys know or not know they're okay with driving through the night Friday night and then okay driving through the night Sunday night to get back home for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, but no, I it's. Take a couple days off and have a good time doing it, so I'm okay with that. Well, cool, man. Well, everybody, make sure you go to seeyouonthetrail.net, and like he was saying, I did check it out. There is a tab there on the left that you can get to the 2014 Buzz of the Red Dog. If you're looking for the exact link, it's seeyouonthetrail.net slash B2RD, and it's the, the number two, not the not the word two, um, and that'll get you there, man, so learn some more information. Uh, it, does, uh, it does sound like a steep entry fee, but you remember you're getting two days of racing, and it's 80% payout. Uh, that's, that's pretty damn good. So, I mean, think about it. Honestly, if you do that in the moto class right now, this is the first time they're doing it. There aren't that. There probably aren't going to be a huge number of entries. There's a damn good chance you'd come away with a little bit of money. So, in the online uh, in the online entry fee, if you if you click on the uh, Buzz the Red Dog link, there's online entry fee, and um, you can actually register online. And we do ask that you do register online. You don't have to pay immediately. But uh, make sure you do register, so we know we have an idea of how many people are showing up. Okay. Um, and there is a late fee. There is a. a it's. I think it says a hundred dollar late fee if you don't pay. But disregard that. We just couldn't get it changed quick enough. It's a fifty dollar late fee if you do not register. Uh, you can pay me cash when you see the whites of my eyes. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. And that's. 
I like this kind of this la- little bit laxer rule book kind of mentality. I might have to hang out with more people like you and Steven um, than some of the other people that are trying. Come on to, down. That are trying to hang around me in my life this is ridiculous. I need less stress and more fun. <laughs> good times. Well, Alan, we really appreciate you coming on the show and reaching out to us and uh, all the good times that I know you're trying to create here, not just uh, obviously for dirt bikers, but for all the people out there off-roading and wheeling around there in the world. So thank you very much for doing what you do. All right. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having us on, and uh, hopefully we'll see your producer, Scott, out there. Yeah, man. We'll figure out. We'll, we'll make we'll make sure he gets out there. <laughs> Thanks right again, on, man. man. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a bunch. Later, man. Woohoo! So we've had two fantastic guests this evening, Ryan Sipes, to start things off, and then of course Alan O'Neill came on and talked to us about uh, about buzz to the red dog. I, I want one thing I didn't ask him is I don't know what that means, Stephen. Buzz to the red dog. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. So I have now done an entire show holding my microphone like it is a cane. Uh, this has been interesting. So I think it was, what, about three minutes into the show where it just decided to fall off? I mean, how many shows have we done and it's been just hanging out there perfectly fine and it falls off right in the middle of all this kinds of stuff so we just have to make it happen. Um, I'm excited about that. I really do hope that we get more events like the Buzz of the Red Dog around um, the area. I would be very interested to do that. That would be a lot of fun, especially now that my parents have the RV. It would be a good way to be able to take the family and, and have a good place to, to wipe the kids' butts when they poop themselves um, and put them down for naps, um, a good home base. Uh, and tent camping, I'm pretty sure, would be just as much fun for that kind of stuff. So make sure you check this stuff out. I think this is the way that we're all going to be able to get out there, keep having fun, keep enjoying a pint full of awesome, still get some racing in the blood, if you will, but uh, meeting new people and having a lot of fun out there. So seat time. This has been episode 147. My name is Brian Pierce. I am your host. Of course, if you decide to go out there and follow anything that I do, it's at Woody B. Pierce all over the place. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, all that kinds of stuff. So Seat Time. Again, the website is SeatTime.co. That's where you can find out more about the website. Uh, we post. We go live there at SeatTime.co slash live. Of course, you can find all the archives there. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. I didn't uh, mention that earlier. So if you want to just subscribe to the audio part of the of the show, that way you can do that as well. I'm not as pretty as I think I am. I understand. And uh, sometimes you just don't want to look at me. That's okay, too. So go to Stitcher or iTunes. You can search for Seat Time. It may be Seat Time, a pint full of awesome. But you can find it there and subscribe. We would appreciate that. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We're on all those different places. Of course, we're on YouTube as well. That's where all this stuff really happens. You can subscribe to us there. It's good stuff. Again, we do have a lot coming up with the Baja Rally. Steven is working very, very diligently on the some, some parts for the video. I've been trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm sucking at it. But I'm trying to get better as well all at the same time. It's very, very complex. The dynamics are interesting. It's ridiculous. Uh, nope, it's all my fault. I apologize now. But just pay attention for that because we will have more coming to you guys about the Baja Rally video uh, as soon as uh, as soon as Stephen can come doing work that actually pays the bills and do stuff for free. That's the hard part. That's really the hard part. Oh, man. So this has been fun. Of course, we can't do this without the fine folks over at Fly Racing. Go check them out at flyracing.com. Stillwell Performance. They make your squishy suck less. Stillwellperformance.com. And, of course, the uh, fine folks at Fast Company that produce Flex Bars. That are just fucking awesome, and you should go get a pair. Fastco.com is the website. Thank you very much for your support of Seat Time. Thank you for being here. We appreciate those that have been in the chat room. We appreciate those that have watched it live. If you're not, maybe you should. 
Thank you for being here. See you in two weeks because we will not have a show next week. Things are going on in life. Two weeks, two weeks, no show next week. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Go enjoy yourself something alcoholic.